I had a hobby too. Mine happened to be guns and ballistics. I studied guns and ballistics as much as I could and I wrote an article about high velocity. So out of all my years working at Weatherby, the last five have been some of the most exciting. Working with Adam, with him running the company. And to think that I get the opportunity of carrying on my grandfather's legacy 75 years later here in Sheridan, Wyoming, I mean, it really is a dream come true. On Our Mark, the Weatherby Podcast. Welcome back to On Our Mark, the Weatherby Podcast. Um, Man, we're like on the tail end of show season. Just came back from SCI. Got to meet a lot of podcast listeners. That was an absolute blast. Um, More people than I would have thought. Pay attention to this thing. It's kind yeah, of fun. It is fun. I, I've got a couple of people at the shows as well say that they listen to the podcast and, you know, our honor mark, the the inbox that we get on our email has been a little bit more active than normal too. So we always appreciate when people email in questions and stuff or what they want to hear. So, yeah. So today Tyler actually had this idea. It's a question we get a lot about um, our hunt films. We, I don't know if everybody knows, but pretty much all of our hunt films are done in-house. That's both from the content gathering, the filming, the shooting, and also the editing. And that's all pretty much done by this team right here. And so if you're not watching, you're just listening, we've got Tyler Grethen, our marketing manager, DJ Jazzy Dean, a.k.a. Jazzy. Yes, sir. He's our social media guru. And then we've got the... Kobe Owens. The? I'm that important, huh? Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> that was a good intro. Kobe's our uh, newest member of the team. How Four months? Four months. Four months. And uh, content producer. So he makes everything look really good. And um, Mac was on our podcast before, was our previous content producer. He went to some greener pastures, and... Uh, Kobe joined, like I said, about four months ago, and uh, we're thrilled to have him on the team. Um, brings a lot of things that are uh, different to what Mac had, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's cool to see your photo eye. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride of four months, you know. Everyone asks me, like, how do you like Sheridan? I'm like, well, I haven't been around much. It, <laughs> it keeps me real busy. Uh, we've been going all over the place, gathering how lots of How many hunts stuff. were you on? Uh, let's see, we did... Uh, Tyler and I went on a hunt, deer yep. hunt right away. First w- first week, first it was week. like here two days, and we're like, uh, let's drive eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam and Brenda, sheep hunt, uh, Kodiak, um, Montana duck hunt. Montana, Lots of ducks. Montana duck hunt, Arkansas, uh, Wyoming, Colorado, and uh, I think one more. So I think I'm like nine hunts deep. Oh, yeah. and Reno, so it might be ten. Yep, oh, 10 yeah. hunts. I yep. think I'm four yeah. months in, 10 hunts deep. Yeah, it feels like you've been here longer just because of how many hunts and how many days we've already spent, like, in not the in the op- yeah, yeah, in the yeah. field, yeah. not in the office. So on on top of that, there's there's um, what we'll just call studio work, too, where you're oh. doing stills of all of our white background, you know, product photography, all that's done, too, so... Yeah, yeah. Every, every rifle we come out with needs a specific set of imagery, uh, for our landing pages and very thankfully like DJ can take care of a good part of that too if, if I'm not around because he's got the skill set to do that so 
But yeah, doing those and then uh, a little bit of kind of studio video work that we just did that was quite interesting, pretty yeah. fun. It was excited. a process. Yeah, that, it was fun. It looked really like cool. That's like some stuff that hasn't really been done before. Like that's pretty, it's fun. It's fun pushing the edge. So anyway, the reason that we wanted to do this podcast, it was Tyler's idea. So we get this question all the time. Like, how do you, how do you guys do these hunts? How do you get this content? I like to think it's pretty good. Sometimes mm-hmm. even people say, how do you get this good content? Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. So um, Tyler was like, we should just talk about how we do it. Um, I'm not by trade a camera guy, but um, probably just out of dumb luck. Like I, I love it. I love content and uh, I've kind of gotten into it. I got into graphic design because I was really frustrated with a graphic designer. Like, I don't know, a lot of years ago, 15 years ago, I was trying to get a box designed. At a, I was a product manager for a company and they, they were like not getting it. I'm like, this is not hard guys. So I had downloaded a free version of Corel draw and just did the box like at home. And then the next day I was like, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And, uh, it kind of like started f- from there. Like, Oh, maybe he can do something. I'm like, well, we weren't getting the photography we needed. So I just did that too. How many, how many years ago was that? So that's kind of interesting. Let, we'll go around and talk about how everyone kind of got started with it. But so you're mm-hmm. started with graphic design. When well, did it go w- from like photos and then uh, when did it, when, do, do you know how? When long? I started doing it at work was around, it started with graphic design, but uh, I've been riding motorcycles since I was nine mm-hmm. and I've had a video camera. I started on eight millimeter, like analog and right in, I was like, I'm, I'll date myself. I'm 42. Uh, but that was kind of like di- digital eight was beginning to replace eight millimeter and I had this old Sony computer and I had like the original version of Adobe Premiere that came on the computer that I got from uh, Circuit City, which is out of business. It was like a Best Buy. Yeah. And that's, uh, nice. that's what I learned to edit. And I just put like goofy videos of me shooting my brother with a paintball gun, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's evolved over over time. And then like my, I would say my production quality went way up as I got more into uh, motorcycle videos and then doing hunt films and stuff. So, uh, it's, it's definitely a a process over the last 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That's right on. I was gonna say, let's maybe ask DJ, where did you kind of get your start? I mean, you do social, but you edit a lot of (coughs) our reels. You're doing a lot of the graphics now for any of the social graphics on like our stories and all that stuff. How did you kind of get interested in picking up a camera? Yeah, for sure. Um, so actually, I'm going to say a couple of years back uh, in college, uh, me and some buddies were like, hey, it'd be super cool to like film our hunts. You know, we like going out and let's let's try and share that experience with, you know, YouTube and uh, start an Instagram page and do all this sort of fun stuff. And so I bought like a $400 Sony Handycam and just started filming and all of a sudden really started liking it and you know, offering myself up to film like for the, uh, my my buddy's hunts and everything like that, and then I was like, it'd be really cool to take pictures too. And so then I got a Sony A7 III, a more like quote unquote professional camera, and uh, got a lens and started taking pictures and just you know eventually moved out to Wyoming from Wisconsin and um, just love taking pictures of the nature and hunts and all that sort of good stuff and um, just worked on editing and I've learned a lot here in my last six months like. We're surrounded by a team of experts. Um, like, you know, our graphic designer's awesome. Kobe's awesome. And um, just learning, like, Photoshop and Premiere Pro is just, it's awesome. So that's kind of how I got my start. But 
Yeah, that's pretty rad. Kobe? Let's ask the professional now. Yeah, yeah. Kobe. <laughs> Enough with these rookies. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, hey, I'll share my story, and it's going to be really funny. <laughs> I can't wait for your story. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I kind of always was drawn to, like, those little disposable cameras as kids, but when the real start happened is uh, 2015, I was uh, in high school, just messing around with one of my mom's cameras up at our hunting cabin, uh, not during hunting season, just uh, – during the summer, taking uh, p- just trying to take pictures of the night sky, and I like look to the north. I'm like, oh man, northern lights are out. I'll try and take a picture of them. And I took this pretty sweet picture, and from that moment, I was I was just hooked. Uh, I actually learned how to take pictures of the night sky and in the dark before I learned to during the day. So that really gave me a jump on like manually exposing photos and understanding the settings behind a camera. And from there, it was just like wanting to share the beauty of, of Montana, where I'm originally from, uh, share the beauty of that state with people who weren't maybe fortunate enough to get out. And uh, that kept evolving. When I went to college, I started taking the camera along on hunts with buddies. So uh, one photo actually changed the course of my life. Stephen Drake has this image. Uh, some of you have probably seen it before. It's a shed laying on the ground with a bowl with both antlers in the background and I saw that and it was just like well I can combine hunting and photography into one two things I love and so it just evolved from there and I I've always looked up to him and and uh it's been pretty cool over these last couple years kind of he's a mentor but also a little bit of a friend now be able to call him that and that's pretty cool to that come full circle but the video side of stuff is actually it's kind of interesting I'm not even two years deep into my my video uh, career, per se. Um, I've always been a photographer and just love capturing um, people doing what they love, especially in outdoors is what I say. And the video side came upon when I realized that there was a lot of value in it, and to get to a position like I am in today, that's what it was going to take, is being able to do both of them. And so it uh, the technical side has been a lot harder to get into just like understanding why this setting is this and why that setting's that but like the capturing of the actual like vision and, and what I see is the easy part because that came with so many years You've of, got of taking eye. photos I, I do yeah. I, I say that's truly my biggest asset I just yeah. do have a very good natural eye for for photographs and capturing moments so yeah i tell you what kobe makes my job 10 times easier <laughs> like there's not a bad picture that he takes that i can't post and be yeah, confident like, I, I can use that yeah that's, uh, good. that's pretty awesome appreciate yeah. that dude How, so tyler what's your story yeah so so mine kind of maybe shaped me being more of like the marketing guy but i remember so when i was growing up pre, pre-high school was in the time when like outdoor channel was big and it was like white tails like big bucks archery hunting and all that thing i can remember one of my buddies when we were younger i had a we had a broken camera that didn't actually work and i remember i used to pretend to film him shooting a 3d archery target and that's when i kind of like man i was like i like to do this whole storytelling thing we do the whole whisper back and forth he'd draw back and maybe like 30 yards and then we'd shoot an archery target for a 3d target for a 3d just a block target yeah and we weren't actually (laughs) filming it was just a (laughs) it was just a camera that didn't work so i kind of like that was like my earliest like memory of like wanting to tell stories and like do the whole marketing thing and then you know through high school that was when like social media actually started like blowing up for me so just being able to like tell like a story as where i kind of maybe my roots i I like to take a few photos 
I'd like to get a little more proficient on like the technical stuff. So that's kind of also why this idea came up. It's like, man, I'm kind of interested in like making those skills better for myself. But from like the storytelling side, I mean, these guys probably get sick of me of like sending like really cool videos or ideas or like if we could do this with this product. So that's kind of maybe where the spark for me came on the content side. You've got the passion for it, for sure. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Which also is like, it doesn't necessarily make my job easier, but does at times. Like being able to have the conversations that we have, like it might make my job harder sometimes because you want <laughs> such good stuff, which I don't blame you. But your your mind and how it we works. Push for it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But your mind and how it works takes those ideas that I have, and then you see something different within them that we can bring to something else. Like it's yeah. It's, there's a couple like things that like exact like there's gonna be a few launch videos coming out that. He showed me all this, like, what if this? And then, like, he made it happen. I was like, yes. That's amazing. (laughs) You were so good at your job. So, no, it's fun to be able to work Uh, with, like, a crew who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Well, I I love these intros. I think it – Weatherby's unique among most firearms companies. Most companies use a third-party marketing agency who often then uses third-party content guys. (laughs) So, is that be fourth-party? Yeah. But we do – everything in-house so we can go have a meeting we'll have a we'll have a product meeting you're often in those and then you'll have an idea and then it's like yo let's 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 beat this up real quick and we talk through it and we make it happen and i I just think it makes us really nimble and it's a big differentiator so if our competitors are listening to this podcast i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's something about like producing like the films and the content in general it sometimes just seems like oh we're out doing fun things but there really is a backstory. Like if you back up to it, there's a reason why we're doing that trip to, you know, every hunt story writes itself, but there's this overarching, like subtle story that you can push that product into without it, with it still being authentic, right? We were going to go do that yeah. anyways, but if you structure the the content or the, the hunt in a certain way, it just naturally brings out that product without it being super pushy, right? We all well, want to see good hunt films. It's, it's the product and, and it's the people. Um, one of the things that you, is unique to Weatherby is uh, we've got Adam Weatherby, and mm-hmm. he's in the films most of the time. Some of us are occasionally. Uh, but you get like a peek into the personality. Mm-hmm. And when you use an agency, you're often using somebody that's not really a company employee to be the face of the company or to be a, a brand mascot, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's it's hard to do it the way we're doing because not everything we put out is as good as we think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true. Like and sometimes you know, there's like comments like, "Why'd y'all do that?" And we're like, "Well, we knew why we did it, but maybe it didn't go over like we wanted it to go over." Yeah. So you gotta have broad shoulders because not everybody's gonna like everything we do. Yeah, and we we really do. Even with our ambassador program, we we typically don't have just like ambassadors we have partnerships like we if do. you see a lot yeah. of our hunt films it's going to be with a lot of partners but we want to go on hunts we only partner with people that we would go share the field with right yeah. so i think that's also a little unique thing that we bring through our content really well that i that i enjoy you guys producing so well what do you you were going to like drive this next part of like how we do what we do so instead of us just like talking about it why don't you try to get it out of us yeah so we do a (laughs) lot of the diy hunts which then for you guys provides like a challenge of like okay we're doing all these hunts on the logistics side but then you have to pack for let's just for an example use like a seven day backpack trip 
there's a lot of logistics that just goes into the hunting side. So I'd love to get like Luke and Kobe, DJ, you've done a few backpack yeah. like filming mm-hmm. trips too. Maybe there's just like, give us just like a little like mindset on like how you approach one packing, like how many different camera bodies are you potentially taking? What's your pack going away? Do you guys like cognizantly be like, Oh, I've got to train now because I know I have a backpack camera trip that I know that I have to run around all the time when you're hiking, you run around to get the shot. Right. So I don't know, Kobe, maybe you stab this one. Yeah, you can start. Maybe we'll fill in, but I'm going to say, I'm going to just start with, because everybody here has it. Mac had it. And I've, I've done hunts where people don't have it and it makes a difference. The number one piece of gear that you can bring is a good attitude. That that is a that's what I that's uh, actually I PHA think, good yeah, old PHA yeah, positive hunting attitude yeah <laughs> yep. yes if that if you don't bring that nothing else really matters that much because uh, as a content person on that trip your job is to document it but not really impact it yeah that's a fair I've been pretty blessed between this job and my last job to be with some really good camera guys but I have heard nightmares of like. Oh. On day two, this guy just started complaining really bad. And it's like, yeah, you are. You're supposed to be there to help, but be kind of the fly on the wall. And yeah, if at the end it was like, man, that trip was awesome, except that camera guy sucked. <laughs> like, then you, you, you did it wrong. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, kind of two things to spitball <laughs> off of that before I get started on the seven day hunt is, yeah, totally agree. I've heard horror stories of different camera guys that unfortunately helped give us a bad name. And I've also been in the other position where I've been as much of a unpaid guide per se, but I've, right. I've guided, essentially guided some hunts uh, <laughs> before while filming. That Unofficially and guided. Yeah. yeah. And, and that makes my job 10 times harder to actually capture what you need to capture. While you're trying to run a hunt. What, yeah. Worried about what's going down to make the hunt come out on top. Hard. So it's just kind of two sides of that where it's like yeah i'd rather just be here they're doing their thing i'm doing my thing i'm gonna ask them to do a couple things within that but yeah so seven day backpack hunt um i had a couple different backpack hunts this year um one was eight and one was 12 days and not much changes other than amount of food uh i bring and then just depending on time of year and even time of year only thing that really happens is a couple more layers make it into the pack. Uh, so I'm going to start uh, with my food. That's what I always start with. Um, it's your heaviest uh, item at the end of the day, especially me. I eat a lot of calories on the mountain. Y- you share snacks really well, too. Like anytime I'm like kind of hungry, all of a sudden Kobe's like, hey, do you want to try this new snack that I have? <laughs> so that's a cameraman tip. Bring good snacks. That's right. Never go snackless. Yeah. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get over 3,000 calories a day, somewhere between 32 and 34. Um, typically I will pack like two peak refills or Wild Society freeze-dry meals. Um those are kind of two of my favorite brands. And then Alpenfields, which are granola in the morning, and then snacks off top of that. So um, I was 25 pounds of food on that eight-day hunt. That's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. That is. Yeah. Usually it's but, a pa- about a pound and a half. But, is, but you need a lot of food. Yeah. Because yeah. you're um, burning a lot of calories. I think uh, it's a truth that maybe not everybody wants to admit, but the camera guy's doing the most work. Just going to say that out loud. Yeah. Maybe I'd not after the argue. kill is done because you don't always have to pack out, but often we're packing out too. Well, yeah. I've I've <laughs> definitely seen 
cameraman and Kobe in particular, where I'll just be hiking and all of a sudden I hear, and it's Kobe running around me to get in front of me to get a shot, which is always funny. Yeah, there's a lot of up and down. Yeah, and then is. and then you'll you'll hold back sometimes to like get a cool shot of them further away, and then and you, then you have catch to catch up. up. <laughs> I can I can picture the Yukon shot that you're talking about right now. Yeah, I got like, the horses got, like, are way, way back. Yeah, I got way off, and I was like, well, I wanted that shot. <laughs> yeah, worth it. Um, it was a great transition piece in that film. Um, so then sleep system. I've been dialing in my sleep system for years. I have a great one. It's not too heavy. And it works for me. I run a Thermarest NeoAir X-Lite, a Stone Glacier Chillcoat bag. And uh, currently, one thing I don't sacrifice is on the comfort side is a tent. Um, I've ran some smaller tents before, and I like a little bit more space uh, when it comes down to it. So Seek Outside Sunlight has been the one of choice. So super dialed, sleep setup. On top of that, layering system. From what I wear up there and have on the mountain, it's uh, 99% Stone Glacier. Uh, big fan of the Havod lights and heavies. The lights early season, the heaviers in later season. And then typically I'll have a, a Merino uh, on and then their layering system. So uh, on top of that, let's see, go a good tripod. Always have to have a solid tripod. Must. That's a must. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess let's, I'll kind of, I have, of course, all the little like first aid kit, survival gear, like I'm, I'm packing just like I'm going on a hunt by myself without anyone there. Yeah. So up until this point right here, this is exactly how you would pack if you were, you know, rifle hunting or archery elk hunting or yeah, doing something like yeah, that. Exactly. If I'm going on my own seven day hunt, it's nothing, nothing changes. Um, except I'm going to add an extra camera cause I'll still take it on a personal hunts. I will take one body. Uh, when I'm on a hunt filming uh, yeah. for Weatherby, I'm going to take two bodies and multiple lenses, depending. So uh, we're on a rifle hunt, obviously. Archery is different. I can actually like take less lenses on archery hunts uh, when I was filming those previously because you don't need as much zoom, uh, typically. Yeah, 100 but yards is a, like a 1,000-yard shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So for I run some I run Sony cameras. Uh, what I'm going to bring with me is uh, 24 to 70. It's my favorite lens. I actually ran without it this year and was running a 35 millimeter prime and then a 24 to 270. Two, 240. To, 240. 240. 24 to 240. Mm-hmm. And um, then on the other body. I'd probably be running at either 85 or the 70 to 200 now. Yeah. Um, and then the cool thing that we have here is we have a big old 95 millimeter Swaro. It's cool till you have to carry that thing. Um, <laughs> How and much do you think that weighs? Nine pounds. Yeah, it is. It's about. I've weighed it before. It's right uh, about pl- nine pounds because yeah. my Sigma lens is eight pounds and it's just heavier than it. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy, but it it has all the zoom. When it, it does. All the we, zoom. Were, we we used to use a little um, Lumix FZ80 that has like 100x optical zoom and this yeah. little bitty point and shoot body, and it was pretty good. Uh, you when you're zoomed in, it's optical all the way, so it's like pretty good quality, but it just really wasn't great quality. Like it it says it's shooting 4K, but it's it's not great 4K quality. So yeah. we were like, man, we we got a lot of longer range hunts not because we want to shoot and kill long range but because where we're hunting like like yeah. getting ready for the mule deer tour western wyoming i, I was going to say if you want to see what the lens can do 
that yeah. no that first episode of the Mule Deer tour, Adam and Brenda's like uh, Mule Deer they shoot are like prime examples of when you guys like utilized and it looks great because those does look cool. Those two bucks were at you can f- five hundred and fifty some yards and the other one was eight, at eight hundred yeah. and you can see the bullet in the air. <clears throat> yeah. It's wild. Anyway, so cool. I was looking for what the best setup for this like getting a kill shot would be and I I looked at. Um, you know, 500 millimeter zoom lenses for cameras or 100 to 500. And um, those are good, but to really like have the animal full frame, like all like filling up the, the screen, it, this is like the number one option. It just costs nine pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's an adapter that goes onto my camera, my Sony body that will, will hook right up to the Eyepiece of it's a, the it's Swarov. called the, the TLS APO from Swarovski. Yeah, so it's pretty slick. Um, and uh, then mics, obviously, you got to have good audio, in my opinion, and then I know a lot of people's opinion. Good audio will make or break a film, and it is one of the big learning points for 100%. me right now. Um, you know, it's always evolving with it and trying to figure out how to get better audio, especially in the wind, because I mean, Kodiak. Yeah, here that's why they like, give an Academy Award for sound editing. It's Dude. a real thing. Yeah, yeah I think that was that was like one of Brian Call's biggest tips is figuring out your audio yeah. when it comes to editing. Is just like making sure you're getting good audio before because that, like you were saying, you it's can't. like your eyes can kind of put together the picture if it's a little unsteady. But if it doesn't sound right, you you like it just throws something off it throws in your head. Everything off. And and I've been at full draw film tour last year, I believe, and there was a film in there that was visually really good but the audio was truly atrocious and i was cringing it's I distracting felt, i felt bad yeah. for the people and i checked out i did and i as someone who was like this is visually pleasing so um for mics oh man i don't even know the name of these little things but they're a little sony hot shoe mic they're like 350 bucks i run those i run uh just road video mic pro video mic pro ntg pro mm-hmm. and then uh Right now, looking into some new options uh, for this year that we might go into later. But So after packing all of that, let's say you have to take everything, bells and whistles, the spotter. What, what are you thinking you're, like, weighing at yeah, this point? Yeah, so another little thing or two is uh, hydration side of things. Water's heavy. Water's heavy. <laughs> yeah. I have a thing. I don't like bladder bags because I've had them fail on me. But if I don't have, a, like, a bladder hose to drink, I've not the best at hydrating so i run these hard side hydration setups and just big nalgene balls with hose coming out of them and then i'll have like a little fhf chest rig on with all my knickknacks like nd filters extra battery allen wrenches microfibers all the little tools uh so after everything's packed there uh figuring over 80 i ran an 85 and an 87 this year uh one was a 12 day but we didn't have every bag of food and then the adam brenda's sheep hunt or brenda's sheep hunt was a potentially 10 day and it was i was right at 80 87 there so yep yeah that's a real thing it stone glacier stone glacier pack on your chest rig are you running just camera stuff or do you bring binos Typically, I know. I think oh, I want to. I know. I was gonna say. It's I know. Fifty we've, fifty. It, it, depi- it depends. For me, it depends on the hunt, like what it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a hunt where it's it, 
it's definitely going to be glassing intensive, like sheep hunting, I'm going to bring binos. Yeah, because like on Kodiak, I don't think you brought binos because there's a bunch of us with binos. Yes. So yeah, I guess it really Kodiak was no binos because I'm like okay, like a I want to capture the most amount of content I can. B I'll be in groups of three people plus myself. Um, on Adam and Brenda sheep hunt, I did not bring binos, but I had the Swaro spotter. So I was using the Swaro. So that's kind of the other piece of that is if we have that, if I might have that Swaro on me, I'm going to have that and probably utilize it. But there was definitely like one hunt this year that I didn't bring binos. I was like, oh, I should have brought It's my deer film, Archer deer yeah. film that's about to release. Because I could see where binos would be really helpful when it's like, you know, the stereotypical, it's right there. And you're like, where? And then you have to like get no, your binos. It's, hard. it's a real like thing. Because when you have that yeah. big spotter, it probably isn't the easiest thing to get lined up on an animal right away because of how much zoom you already have inside of 300 yards it's almost impossible like you're zoomed in so tight and you're like golly i'm looking (laughs) i'm looking here i'm looking there it should be right here and you're like oh man i was 75 yards (laughs) off this is ridiculous (laughs) you and kobe did that this weekend it was pretty funny that's why i'm (laughs) I'm like advocating for range finding binos now just because like when you're with your partner like you both having them i was like there's it's right there kobe and he's like Right where I was like, that shaded hillside. And he's like looking like <laughs> way too close. <laughs> yeah. And then this buck's at like 500 yards, like looking right at us. And But it, yeah. it's hard to communicate sometimes. Yeah. That, so. Especially right. when you're in like the sage and flat and prairie, you're yeah. like, it's it all looks the same. So And for you guys, that's important to like, you have to have the eye to get right on because things happen fast, right? Yeah. Like often they do. And if you're not on, then you screwed up. It's not good. Yeah. I was pretty proud of myself on Kodiak. I'm Kodiak, two for you got two, a, and you got I had like fast. I had, I would say under fifteen seconds to get my pack off, camera stabilized and set up. Yeah, I on think, deer. I was gonna say I think that kill shot went. It was between me and Joe, and Joe. I'm like, Joe, are you gonna shoot this thing? Uh-huh. Pretty much, and Joe's like, oh, No, you can shoot it. I was like, Are you gonna shoot it? And then he's like, Not on his gun, and I'm like, On my gun. I'm like, Are you? I'm, sure? I'm gonna kill this. And he's like, He's like. <laughs> Shoot it, and then I don't even know if I checked with you on accident, <coughs> but no. you 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 got it because <laughs> it yeah. was like two seconds after you said kill it, and I just yeah killed it. Yeah, which, one thing yeah. I did miss on the packing is how I carry my cameras. Which to me, when I got this tool five years ago, this is the biggest thing that helped my photography game: cotton carrier strap shots. There are these little straps that Velcro on to my backpack, and you have your camera out and ready at all times. Yeah. That is, like, best yeah. photography tool ever made. I think it's as important as the dang camera, in my yeah. opinion. I use the Peak Designs yeah. that's got – you can clip it almost anywhere. You can put it on your belt. You can put it on your yeah. strap. But you've got to have it out and ready so you don't know yeah. when something cool is going to happen. You can't take a very good picture when it's in your backpack. You cannot. No. You cannot. I um, – I'm going to jump in too. So one, some of the things I do different, or I, let's just say that I sacrifice if it's a hunt versus like trying to content capture. Uh, I take less socks and underwear for space. It's gross, but it is what it is. Hey, you're not you're not out there to win any smelling awards. No, so I'm good with that. No, we're not archery hunting. So, <laughs> um, and then I try to. You end up like, I space out more than I weigh out. Like I I can carry a lot of weight. I don't love doing it, but I can do it. Space out, yeah. But I, I end up running out of space more than I do weight. So you just got to be really careful with what you bring. And like we were talking about binos, binos 
a pair of binos is about the same weight as a lens. So mm-hmm. it's like one man, of the first things to go for me. Yeah, it's one of the packed. first things that can go. Um, we've got a couple really light tripods that we've been playing with. More on that later. But um, if you can save a pound on your tripod, that matters and still be stable. Because there's a balance there. You want a you want a good solid tripod that's not going to be like if if you run a camera, you know. But like if you touch the screen and then it takes four seconds for yeah. it, for it to stabilize again that's not good or the worst is when you're on and it's uh the wind just vibrates your tripod so you have to have good enough legs that the wind doesn't vibrate it for sure um so the tripod to me is like an area where there's like a risk reward game you can go too light you can also go too heavy um i prefer uh a lightweight fluid head um you can some people run a ball head that you really can't adjust with but on that swaro spotter You've got to have a fluid head. You know, like it's like a must. You, yeah, yeah. Um, trying to think what else would be different from a normal hunt, but um, yeah, I run a Canon body. I'm different. I think most of the hunting industry probably runs Sony, but I'm I'm old, and I guess I can't change as easily <laughs> anymore. And uh, when I was doing the research for this Swaro, uh, the Canon R5 like really jumped out as like one of the better 4K 120 video capturing cameras and so i got one of those and a little suite of lenses with an r6 as a second body so that's been a lot of fun to play with but other than that the the lenses themselves are very similar to what the professionals using (laughs) (laughs) dj you got any comments on like how you pack is there anything as like kobe and luke were going through their list you're like i don't do that yeah, I mean, first of all, my setup's very different from these two. Um, they have way more experience in the backcountry than I do. Um, I've really only been on one, like, seven-day hunt uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, I just brought my one camera body, a GoPro, um, and that was it. You know, one lens with that camera yeah. body, and that was it. But, um, you know, most of my experience is Wisconsin whitetail hunting. Like, yeah. very different style of hunting. You don't, you know, pack anything in, like other than your tree stand and whatever, but yeah, no, these guys nailed it. So, yeah, I would love to do like a part two with Adam DeMarchi on water packing for waterfowl. Waterfowl is a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah. then weight doesn't matter. Yeah. It's so <laughs> hard to film. <laughs> so that we'll, I, we won't even birds get into flight, that. It's a whole nother animal. Yeah. I was going to bring up one more thing that, um, uh, battery, uh, battery maintenance and planning for power is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a tricky thing. So ev- people have different takes. I, what, you, what, you, what batteries a day? What do you got? Um, well, if you run it, it depends on the hunt. But um, you never want to be out, so I probably go over. So I usually will have eight total batteries, and then <laughs> is that low or high? Low. Yeah. <laughs> so I usually bring eight batteries, and then my my recharge system is I have uh, a solar panel that's mm-hmm. like a 40 watt 30 or 40 watt solar panel that i'll leave on my pack if we're moving around or if we set up a spike camp i'll leave it at the tent and then it's charging a power bank or power banks and then when i get back to the tent at night i recharge those Do power you, banks is your uh, like solar pretty collapsible do you have a good brand i've been kind of looking into that a little bit um, do you know what it is? I have an actual Goal Zero one. Mm-hmm. Um, it works really well, and it it folds like a magazine size, so it's like pretty slim, and I can just put it in my pack, and it has multiple lash points, so I can actually just unfold it if it's really sunny and we're like hiking in or hiking around. I can carabiner it to my pack, 
and then be charging while we're walking around too. Cool. But I charge a power brick and then use that brick to charge the batteries. It's typically my go-to. Okay, so, but how many batteries a day do you think you're using? Are you running through like three and a half batteries a day? Are you using four batteries a day? Um, I usually, one camera is probably going through two to three, and then one's usually an auxiliary camera, and that's only going to go through one battery. So I'm, I'm, I'm right about there with you. Yeah. It's like I plan for two through one, and then the other one, honestly, I think these Sony batteries are pretty proficient, actually, on in the A7IVs, um, and just the A7IV itself with battery usage. But yeah, I I plan with uh, minimum three, maximum four. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm bringing a couple more batteries along, uh, just like actual camera batteries, typically, ten to twelve. Um, but I have little uh, Dark Energy Poseidon Pros that. Uh, I have that I will supplement the camera throughout the day, so maybe I don't go through as many mm. batteries. That's one of my things is like, okay, once the batteries are dead, they almost take more to get fully charged up, I feel like. So if I can maintain my camp, like go through a battery and then like we have some downtime or sit and glassing or even s- hiking, I'll just plug my camera into that Poseidon Pro bank and uh, supplement it throughout the day. And then I need to get dialed on the solar panel side of things. I have one that they just released that's like a rollable solar one, but I got a prototype that wasn't the final one, and it didn't work as well as I wanted it to, and then hunting season was over, so I haven't had time to test the new one. But that is something that I'm, like, looking to dial in is is solar options, so maybe I bring three less batteries, and I still have two batteries battery banks or three battery banks and can supplement more so it's like i just find that um when you're when i don't care about my phone so much when i'm just me like Mm -hmm. it's not that big a deal my um in reach will go the distance usually i've got the little in reach messenger it'll last like a month like battery life on it's awesome. Like a little mini, right? It's yeah. like a mini, but it doesn't really have a screen. It's, it's oh, even really? better than like okay. battery life better. It has some sacrifice Is features. it InReach or Zillia? Or? No, it's an InReach Messenger oh. is what it's called. Oh, the huh. Messenger. See, I have that big like 100-hour battery yeah. life one. <laughs> I have the fat one. Yeah, yeah it, it goes forever. It's awesome. Um, but I end up like wanting to use my phone because inevitably like you want to see your like, you know, cool pics from that day. And then <laughs> I'll do like some quick edits on my phone. Really? Often, yeah. So huh. I'll, I'll I'll dump pictures from the camera onto my phone usually at night because I'm like, oh, check these out. People like to see that. Yeah, just like it gives a little spark to the hunt. I do like yeah. seeing hunt photos during the hunt. You're like, oh, we're still mm-hmm. crushing it, even if you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> yeah, I've exactly. never never done that on a backpack hunt. Like I did it in Kodiak on the laptop, but mm-hmm. I have a very like system of like when you get back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm less good at that, so. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, you, you have a couple more jobs than you. Uh, well, it's all right. I just give them to you. It's great. <laughs> my system. And then I give my them to DJ. My yeah. system is <laughs> sort of fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this is a great yeah. system, actually. No, uh, yeah, so power management in the backcountry is, is tricky. and I mean, that's multiple pounds of gear right there because mm-hmm. – and, uh, actually, and SD here's cards too. Yeah, card management is tricky. Um, the the batteries that I actually use for the camera, I have like four genuine 
Canon camera batteries, and then I have some aftermarket batteries that you can recharge directly plug, plug into the battery, a little USB-C cable. Mm. So you don't need an extra external charging thing, and those batteries are pretty great. Sony, if you're listening to this, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet yeah. Sony's listening to this. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Count on it. Sony Alpha. Yeah. Uh, um, no, that's slick. You were telling me about that in your office the other day. I'm like, dang, I'm, that's the only thing I'm jealous about on the Canons. <laughs> it's pretty handy. I'm sure they make one for Sony, but it's yeah. maybe, yeah. It might not be Sony brand, though. Who knows? Yeah. And I've, I've used some Sony, non-Sony branded uh, batteries, and... I don't notice a huge difference if I'm just shooting photos in the summer, but if I'm shooting in colder weather or yeah. video in colder colder weather, they're for half as good. And it usually is cold. Yeah, usually, usually, very typically, mm-hmm. usually, yep. Yeah, rifle rifle yeah. season's usually chilly. So yeah, I think um, power management. Yeah, you're just card it's, management it's, is like let's get into that a little bit. Yeah. So actually, just. Uh, couple weeks ago I was talking with one of my mentors and I've I've had a very good system uh, so far but I just came up with an even better one so I'm excited to implement this one uh, but I I dual shoot SD cards two at a time at all times just in case something goes corrupt something happens to one it's, it's just a fail safe yeah you have to buy twice as many SD cards but I mean uh, it's worth it in my opinion especially so, if it's for work especially if it's for work <laughs> Or I mean, even when I was freelancing, it's those. It's like that's. I mean, cards are expensive, but they're not that expensive. Yeah, and no. if you're they've come down in the last two have. years. If you're on a hunt, f- no matter personal or otherwise, like you you've got way more money tied up in fuel probably than you do in the cards. In the yeah. cards, yeah, yeah. So can't I, reuse fuel either. You can reuse cards. Yeah, exactly. yeah this is true. <laughs> this is true. But uh, how I've been doing previously is just. Two cards, either 128s or 64s in the camera. Take them out after a day or two. Uh, I like to rotate them. If I'm on an eight-day hunt, I'll probably go through four sets of cards unless I over-record one day because I want those to get pulled out every day in case I drop my camera in a river or drop it down the mountain, and I have at least those two days or those four days banked up. I might lose footage from one day. It's never happened, but it's, it's a fail-safe there. But, um, like I said, use a lot of cards. So talk with my mentor. He's like, hey, I put in card slot two, I just put a 512 gigabyte card and run it through the whole project. And then we'll would switch out my top one every day or every other day. That's so a I'm going to do I'm gonna start doing That's why I had yeah. those big, expensive uh, SD yeah. cards in the, the cart. Yeah. But, uh I think that that's going to be overall more proficient with using less cards, and then that one just stays it. in there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to implement that, something new. Always always evolving, right? Yeah. We're always evolving, trying to find better processes uh, on how to do this. So um, I th- That might segue into, like, a good what, – what are some camera stuff? We've talked about, like, some new stuff, and, and we talked about maybe getting a little nerdy here. Is there any – new cameras that you and Luke or you you guys are excited about adding to our like our stable of Weatherby cameras? Yes. <laughs> the answer very, is yes. Very much so. Yeah. So um yeah I've been shooting on the Sony A seven fours for the last two years of my life. Um and I am very excited to kind of dive down a different rabbit hole and run the A seven S three. 
Um, it is a more dedicated video camera. Um, something I've never had. The, the A7IVs are just good hybrid cameras. They're not necessarily, they're, they're great at both, but they're not made specifically as photo or specifically as video, just to be good at both. So the S is more video orientated, um, shoots great 4K. You have 4 4K 120, I think, with audio. Um, and uh, That's pretty nice. It's, it's yeah, because I've been shooting 1080 4K with audio just because I don't want to sacrifice the audio side. And to me, yeah, you can tell, but at the end of the day, capturing it, is more important than it being a little bit better quality. That's how my brain works. Um, and then the A7R4, which is R for resolution, 61 megapixel sensor, so specifically for photos. That thing is going to create some amazing imagery because it's basically double in the A7IVs. And uh, has so, so essentially, you went from having one camera that could kind of do okay at both, but now we're going to add potentially two cameras that yeah. are really good at each since you're always running two cameras. Yep, and then take Pretty one cool. of those Sony A7IVs and have it as our middle ground camera floater for you to take, or Kyle to take, or DJ to video the podcast with here uh, if the S3 is not around, and stuff like that can be our floater and just utility camera because it's just it's just solid, it's just. It's so there. if you were to recommend to someone who's just getting into it, who maybe has had like a lower level of camera, that would be a good step up for someone who's yes. starting to get into like filming their own stuff or and just having fun kind of thing. Yes. I even think that, yes, the Sony a7 III is a phenomenal camera. That's what DJ has. Mm-hmm. But I ran that camera for years and the issues that that camera had, issues and in things I didn't like or things that needed to be fixed, was done with the a7 IV, which is seemed to have overheated over there i think <laughs> um, let's talk about the cannons for a yeah, yeah yeah these uh, sony's are great <laughs> if you're still listening Sony. but no the a7 IV, uh i think that it is the ticket if you're looking for sony i mean you can get it for 2000 used and i i'm an advocate for buying gear used adorama mpb b and h go on there buy stuff used bodies yeah. and lenses like you will save a couple hundred bucks and and me and my crew of people, of photographers, have never had an issue with buying anything used. Do they ever. do a good job of vetting those particular yes. sites of like yes. making sure that those used stuff are good? I think yeah, it from all those sites in, that he listed, those yeah. specific eBay, ones, not so much. No, eBay yeah. is a different story. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, those sites, like seriously, buy buy used. It's it saved me a lot of money because if you think about it, yeah. if you're buying two bodies and you save fifteen hundred to a grand or two grand between both of those, that gives you a whole nother lens or a whole nother body, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of my there's, approaches. There's, um, this might transition more, less from your question, but more into like people are going to want to get into this. Mm-hmm. What what you're talking about is probably a, more than a lot of people want to bite off. Multiple bodies, multiple lenses. Yeah. That's your, you get to 10000 dollars real fast when you start playing that game. Um if you're like, I just want to get into filming hunts, skip the, my, this is my opinion, might not be everybody agree with, but I say skip the whole DSLR thing. Like get, okay. get a thousand to $2,000. There's some pretty sweet video only cameras from Sony and Canon that are 1500 bucks that have a really good 
zoom range and really good light sensors that can do some phenomenal things if all you care about is filming hunts. If you want to do both stills and video, then that's where you start getting into a DSLR. Uh, and beyond just a DSLR, I think mirrorless is the way to go anymore. When you're starting to do these double duty, like video photo cameras, then you got to get a mirrorless camera. It's the only way to go, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I can't really speak on the more camcorder side of stuff because it's not something I've, I've used one like once before. Um, There's some phenomenal ones. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are. It's just not something I've, like I said, newer into the whole video thing. I'm so you'd go art, you'd so. go more of like that style than doing like DSLR and then like a phone scope supplemental or something like that. Yeah, I mean a phone scope on a on a whatever spotter you have, it, it's going to do pretty well for a kill shot. If you're like we're trying to get like really top level. Oh yeah, quality, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, we, for we sure. Pretty good stuff, and even even some of the just old like modern handy cam style video cameras, they've got some pretty good optical zoom range, and their lenses are not bad. If you're like if you're going to Africa and you're like I just don't know what it's going to be, you're going to film everything probably inside of 300 yards. Having a power zoom button, oh yeah, is pretty sweet. Oh, smooth, so it's smooth. smooth. It's yeah. actually good stabilization in those too. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, that's not a that's something I've never really thought about suggesting to people. Uh. I mean, a lot of people are are asking me about photo and video stuff, but yeah, if, if you're going, if you're like, I just want a video and make a film. Just video, yeah, that, that's a solid option. Well, and that's how that's how I got into it was buying a Sony Handycam, literally six hundred bucks, and I was in college bartending, not making yeah. much money, and then it just took off from there. But those things are nice, and that's how for I'm, sure, and super easy to use. That's too. how a lot of like the hunting public guys do or started. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. sure they've progressed a little bit, but working with those guys, they started with just Handycam stuff. Oh yeah, and then sure. you learn and watch YouTube videos and learn what you like and what you want to do, and yeah, it's the way to go. YouTube yeah. University, it's your best friend well, when you're getting into and, this and stuff. And that's what I was about to say. And so uh, my son's 15. He's Him and a couple of friends are, like, getting into photography and videography. And they're, like, they started off with, we, we got we want to go to school for this. I'm like, you could. Or um, we could just get YouTube Premium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, where we skip the ads. And there's r- almost nothing you couldn't learn about any photo or video question that's not covered 700 different ways on YouTube. Yeah. It's a little cheaper monthly payment than school. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 I, I, Kobe, I'll see what you think, think about this. But I think the capturing part is probably at the well. There's, 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 it's a continuum, right? You can capture anything, but um, capturing it well, let's just say well enough, is probably the easy part. The hard part is what are you going to do with it? Uh, editing then becomes tricky, and I think photo editing is easier than video editing by a long shot. Not even close. It's uh, yeah. Ex- so I mean, for, I'm, I'm green for every down. every. Uh, that's a rough rule of thumb, but for every minute of a finished film, there's probably an hour of editing. Uh, maybe yeah. more. That's <laughs> pretty. That's probably. That's interesting. But so if you think yeah. about it, a 30 minute hunt film, that might be 30 hours of editing. That sounds about right. Yeah, I probably mean, yeah. more than that. Kobe's Even over the there, like, end, man, yeah. I was on a sheep. I was doing a sheep film just the other day. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that was that was exacerbated because he was Three he was straight. He was trying to use my crappy content and make it look good. And he was like, man, I 
he didn't even know the whole timeline of how it went down. So <laughs> there might be like a hundred hours into that film, <laughs> and it's like it's but, good, but it's nothing spectacular. I mean, it, it's it's really solid. I'm proud of it, but I also look at it. I've watched it so many times. I'm like, it could be better, you know. I I just I'm never gonna visually be pleased with films that I make. Yeah, I don't think because it's a, if, just tell my mind. If, if you're a kid that wants to get into it, or oh, yeah, if yeah. you're an adult that is just starting to get into it, or if you're an adult and your kids want to get into it, I think the key is just to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're comfortable with your kids starting a YouTube channel, start a YouTube channel. Have them make a video about whatever it is they're passionate about. If it's horses, if it's Legos, like find find a thing that they're interested in, have them make videos, put them in front of a camera. Like, talking in front of a camera is hard. And if you're an 18-year-old kid or – Kobe, how old are you? You're, I know you're not 18. but 25. If you're 25, you're comfortable in front of a camera, you've got editing ability, and you've got a good attitude, you're going to get a job somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to bounce right off that in a couple different directions. Is One of the things that really helped me get to where I was at was, okay, come up with a plan. Okay, I'm going to go out – to this mountain lake, I'm going to backpack in, I'm going to shoot the Milky Way, and I'm going to shoot the sunset here. This is, that's my photo plan. I'm going to shoot that. I'm going to take those images. I'm going to get different exposures. I'm going to bring that back into Lightroom and analyze it. I'm going to break it down. Okay, what did I do good? What did yeah, I do bad? Yeah, great the point. Focus, the focus, the stars are out of focus. Or oh, it was kind of crooked. I didn't frame it very well. Or it's grainy. My ISO was too high. Yeah, so you have to bring it it back in, analyze it, and just continue that process, essentially. It's like you have to actually have some sort of plan. It it could be simple, but if you actually have a plan and bring it back, break it down, analyze it, maybe send it to your buddy. Maybe reach out to someone via social media and like, hey, this was kind of what I was trying to do. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. Getting that feedback is only going to help accelerate your process, the process. And then, yeah, being in front of camera, that's when I saw things kind of start to take a, a change for me in, in my social media was when I stopped caring about what others were going to think. And I was like, yeah. this is how I this is what I want to show. This is what I'm going to do, and I just started doing it. And you're authentic. And the be, authentic, be authentic. The authenticity yeah. is key, but, like, just not caring what others were going to think if they thought it was great or bad or pushed someone away in life that was like, okay, well, that happened for a reason then. So just being confident in yourself is, is huge, and thinking once you get a little bit going like thinking that your work is good mm-hmm. you, you have to have that confidence if you're going to help elevate yourself to that next level there's a lot to it there's a lot there's, and, and it, it it's a continuum some people probably just want to make videos that they can go watch 10 years from now or that they yeah. want to show their buddies when they get home and that's all there is to it some people might want to take Kobe's job one day. You never know. <laughs> exactly. Everyone has their levels. I, I think there's always this one thing, and this might be kind of a good way to land this plane, is there's one thing that you said to me. is like, man, to take cool photos, you got to go to cool places and do cool things. 100%. So yeah. you're, you just got to kind of to Kobe's testament, you just got to get out there and do it, and then when you come back, just figure it out. Yeah. I'm not the best photographer, but I've taken some really good pictures because I was in really cool places. Yeah. I've been told that for years. Put uh, – Put gas in the gas tank. Don't buy that lens. You know that lens will help you in some sort of way. But if you're not in the places that are gonna 
present those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. DJ, any last last closing thoughts? That was fun. This is a good one. <laughs> we should fun. definitely do like an episode too, because we can uh, dive into this. We could we could we go a lot really of ways. We can get more technical, whatever. But I, my last thing is just do it. You know, it's like Nike up in here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just do it. <laughs> just just start. You know, it you you can't do it wrong. Digital cards are really cheap. If you didn't like what it turned out, erase it. Big deal. <laughs> start yeah. over. And uh, yeah, just give it a go. It's uh, I don't know. I've I always like recording content, whether it's motorcycles or family or hunts. And you're gonna do it wrong for a while, and you'll learn from your mistakes, and you'll be like, man, how do they make it look like that? YouTube it, figure it out. Mistakes are mistakes are your biggest friend in this whole process. Hundred percent, they are. Hey, thanks guys. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good one. Till yeah, next buddy. time. <laughs> well, see you later. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs>